This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that gives a quick look at something that happened a long time ago today. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're examining one of the least popular policies of one of America's least popular presidents. The day was January 2nd, 1974. President Richard Nixon established a maximum speed limit of 55 miles per hour on every highway in the United States. Known as the Emergency Highway Energy Conservation Act, the law was primarily intended to conserve the nation's fuel supply in response to the ongoing fuel crisis of the 1970s. The results were a mixed bag but the law remained in effect regardless for more than two decades. Prior to Nixon's law, each state had the right to set its own speed limits for all the roads within its borders. This had resulted in highway speed limits that ranged from 40 miles per hour all the way up to 80 miles per hour. Cars are less fuel efficient when driven at higher speeds, but following World War II, the U.S. wasn't worried about its gas supply. Like other industrialized nations, the country helped itself to inexpensive Middle Eastern oil from 1950 until the early 1970s. The gravy train finally ground to a halt in 1973. The Arab nations of OPEC, the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, took exception to the West's support of Israel in the recent Yom Kippur War, also known as the Ramadan War. In protest, the group abruptly ceased all oil shipments to the United States, as well as Japan and Western Europe. When OPEC eventually started selling again, it raised its oil prices to four times what they had been previously. The embargo struck a major blow to American and European economies, highlighting just how dependent the West had become on foreign oil. The sweeping energy crisis led to gas shortages and desperate attempts at fuel conservation and rationing. Nixon's federal law on speed limits was part of the American government's response to the OPEC oil embargo. It was hoped that by forcing people to drive slower, less gasoline would be wasted. Of course, Congress recognized that a 55-mile-per-hour speed limit wouldn't go over well in some states especially the western ones, which had the longest, straightest, and dullest rural highways in the country. That is why Congress enacted the law along with an ultimatum to the states. Comply with the national speed limit or give up all of your funding from the Department of Transportation. With their federal highway money on the line, most states lowered their speed limits right away. But even if a state grudgingly complied with the law, how to enforce it was still up to them. For example, in Nevada, state police only issued full speeding tickets to drivers going more than 70 miles per hour. Anything less, and the offender was just given a $5 fine for energy wasting. Of course, the big question is whether the national speed limit actually reduced fuel consumption as intended. The answer to that is still up for debate. 
The law did curb petroleum consumption by over 160,000 barrels per day, but that only represents a drop in demand of about 1% or 2%, hardly enough to solve an energy crisis. Part of the reason the savings were so slight was that by the time Nixon's law took effect, 21 states had already adopted maximum speed limits of 55 miles per hour or less. That means a large portion of the country was already driving super slowly on the highway, so the national speed limit didn't reduce their fuel consumption any further. It also didn't help that the lower speed limit only impacted highway driving, which is already better for fuel economy than driving at lower speeds on congested roads and side streets. The law didn't save as much gas as the government had hoped, but the 55 mile per hour speed limit remained in place even after the oil crisis had ended. By 1978, studies showed a steady decline in highway fatalities in the years since the lower speed limit was introduced. Some analysts pointed out that the reduction in deaths was more likely due to a general decrease in recreational driving because of high cost and scarcity of gas but the government insisted it was actually due to the national speed limit. The Department of Transportation even launched a publicity campaign using the slogan, 55 Saves Lives. Take a listen. 55 Saves Lives. Since 1974, 55 has been the single biggest factor in reducing highway deaths by more than 36,000 people. One of them could be you. 55 Saves Lives. By the 1980s, the American public still widely approved of the national speed limit, even if most motorists didn't abide by it themselves. But the law still had many vocal detractors, and one of the most prominent was rock star Sammy Hagar, the future lead singer of the band Van Halen. In 1984, Hagar was pulled over while driving through New York State. He had been going seven miles over the national speed limit, and when the cop said he gave tickets for anything over 60, the musician replied, quote, I can't drive 55. As the cop wrote out the ticket, Hagar began scribbling down the lyrics for what ultimately became his first hit song. It was titled, you guessed it, I Can't Drive 55. The song captured the sentiments of a growing number of citizens, not to mention state governments and industries. In 1987, Congress acknowledged the backlash by raising the speed limit to 65 miles per hour on all rural interstate highways. Then, in 1995, the law was scrapped altogether, and the right to determine speed limits was handed back to the individual states. After more than 20 years, the long, strange experiment was finally over. It was a sad day for some. After all, small towns along the highways had made a fortune off of speeding fines and fees, and those in the radar detector business had sold more units than they likely ever would again. But for everyone else, the law's repeal was a welcome return to the days of sensible speeding to a time when daily commutes went by a little faster and nobody wrote rock songs about speed limits.
I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always drop me a line at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.